0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.
1: We will win. We will fight the good fight. Sometimes we can't see the end. But we will ride. Do you believe that one day your name will make a change, that someone in some way will be better because you came? Do you know that when you leave, you're not fully gone? For when you live a life of purpose, your legacy lives on.
0: Some inspiring words from the spoken word poet, Just A Vessel, otherwise known as Stephanie James. She is our guest for the interview segment of this show today. The conversation is packed with Golden Nuggets. So get your pickaxes ready, my friends. We talk about why words matter, how to manage your internal dialogue, and the importance of not being so hard on yourself, how to make a living from your art while you're traveling, nomad life versus the settled nine-to-five life. She gives some practical tips on how to meet locals, and so much more. On top of that, I'm going to share a little PSA for you lovely travelers out there, a little friendly reminder that uh, I think is important for you to hear. Just a little friendly reminder for you. All of that's happening in today's show and so much more. It's always so much more, right? And it's happening now. So buckle up. Maybe you haven't been on a plane for a while. Maybe you missed the sound of that metal clasp going into the buckle you know you know that sound i'm talking about on the plane you know you're taking off you're going somewhere we're going to take you somewhere today at least mentally so buckle up strap in thanks for being here and welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friend You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. I am so excited to bring you today's show. When Stephanie first reached out, I started checking out some of her poetry. I was, uh, yeah, just kind of blown away. I mean, spoken word poetry is such a cool art form, isn't it? I mean, I used to be way into hip-hop back in the day when I was growing up. The first time I heard it, I just remember being drawn in right away. I don't know if it was just the, sort of the cadence and the energy and the wordplay. I I don't know. The the peek into a culture that I was not a part of, uh, that I wanted to learn about. Uh, I guess I've always had a curiosity for uh, learning about different cultures around the world. You can do that through music. You can do that through spoken word poetry. You can do that through travel. There are a lot of ways to explore the world, right? And explore ourselves. And... You know, we get into a wonderful conversation today about art, about creativity, about travel. Of course, Stephanie's been to a lot of countries living as a digital nomad for some years now. We talk about slow travel. We talk about digging into the local scene and just a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's uh, it's just great. I can't wait to to share it with you. Before we get into that, a couple things. You know I'm going to come with a shout out to one of you lovely souls in the Zero to Travel listening community and a little PSA for you, just a friendly little reminder you might need to hear. Maybe you need to hear it today or maybe not. I don't know, but I'm going to share it anyway. That's all going to happen after the interview. Now, let's get into the interview. I don't want to delay any further, but stick around afterwards because I'll share this little PSA for you. I'll share a shout out to somebody in this community. We'll share a little more poetry from just a vessel and I'll leave you with a quote. It's a bunch of stuff going on in the back end. So stick around for that and enjoy our chat. I will see you on the other side. my friend. I'm talking to Stephanie James, also known as just a vessel. She is a poet, vocalist and speaker and a digital nomad you can find her work at justavesselpoetry.com and you have some other cool projects that we'll talk about. Yeah, I got the email from you and then checked out some of your poetry and I'm always kind of blown away by like what you do. It it seems so difficult the way you uh present your poetry. I mean, imagine like all of the writing that goes into it and then you know, the presentation of it and like just remembering it and getting sort of the flow of it down and figuring out which words to emphasize and stuff like that. Like poetry is not a lot I know about. I mean, what drew you to poetry? Do you remember like the first time you got sort of inspired by it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I was actually working at the bank. So it was was my first internship at the bank and we couldn't... um, do anything really like so it was like pretty slow not a lot of customers come in and when it's slow you couldn't read you can't really sit down so you're standing all day I was a teller and so I just picked up a pen one day and I was like oh you know I can't read I can't sit down I'm bored there's no customers coming in and just like I'm like wasting my time and that's not a good thing for me so I was like what can I do so I just started writing um and I and I read it to my sister and she's like that's not bad actually you know and then she's like your delivery was actually really fun as well. I'm originally from Colorado, um, so that was in Colorado Springs, where I'm from. And then when I moved to the Wash, like the DMV area, they call it the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, DMV. Um, I got into the spoken word scene, where there's an art of like there's there's poets that that write poetry, and then there's spoken word artists that are actually reading the poetry and bringing it to life and delivering it in a way that can be received more powerful. So I always tell people, like, you can definitely, like, read my poetry, but to hear it is going to be a different experience. Um, And so I've really gotten into that. Even this year as well, like, with COVID, I've done, you know, um, an event for PepsiCo, for Frito-Lay, for Chegg, like, for different um, business organizations that wanted poetry. And it's all been virtual, which is cool that I can still – um, use my gifts and talents in a virtual space right as all of us are having to do this year it's been I've been fortunate enough to continue the work continue sharing my gift um, in, on the virtual platforms
0: so you mean that you've been uh, working as I don't know like a consultant or you've been coming in to do workshops with these companies
2: Nope, so not workshops, but they'll hire me to do a poem. So, like they had a Martin Luther King event for Black History Month. I did a poem called Legacy, the title for that. Um, I opened for Common. He's like a famous rapper for those who know. Um, and then for uh, pet for PepsiCo, they had um, they have a group, an employer resource group for people with disabilities. So they said the theme is you belong here. And asked me to write a poem about them, like people like belonging where they are and where they, where they fit into that space. So I did a poem, wrote a poem specifically for the You Belong Here theme. And um, it was very well received, very, very well received. So it's, it's really cool to be able, like I said, to still write and to still share my gift, even on a virtual platform, keeping everybody safe, but also still doing what I yeah. love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, be able to earn a living from your art. That's something I want to talk about in a bit too, because that's not a a feat that everybody can pull off, <laughs> right? Even if you're talented as you are, but uh, it's great that you're able to like also, you know, earn a living. Some, some of your living from that as well. You know, it was interesting that you said sort of boredom led to this whole thing. Cause I, I had interviewed somebody once who's a like a known musician here in Norway where I'm based. And uh, he said, I, I asked him what, where creativity comes from for him. And he said, boardroom, it was something along those lines. Right. And I was like, it was just the, I thought it was such an interesting answer because it's just not something I, I have thought about. And then now you're recanting your story and it was kind of a similar thing. Like, I feel like some of those opportunities are missed in this day and age because people don't give themselves enough time to be bored. There's too much going on with the smartphone, right?
2: True. Yeah, you're always just into your phone. And then you're taken away a lot, right? Like it's so distracting. Um, Like when I'm writing a poem, I have to put the phone away. Um, Or if I'm using it to write, to to type in it, that's fine, right? But like most of the time I prefer to actually write so I can go back and like cross out and, you know, old school pen and paper.
1: Yeah. um,
2: (laughs) But you're right. Like we don't give ourselves enough time to be bored or we allow people to tell us, to take to take us away from wherever we are right and it, it's weird to me like one thing i have been trying to work on is being more present cuz i feel that we're not often right like you're hanging with your sister and your mom and you're like texting your loved one or your spouse rather, right? Like you're, maybe you're hanging out with your family in a different space and you're texting your spouse, which is fine. Like you have children or you're texting your best friend from college, like while you're supposed to be hanging with your mom and your sister. And then when you're with your best friend from college, you're texting your mom and your sister. And it's like, wait, (laughs) why don't we like enjoy the people that we're with like, and be present um, when we're there and it's not to say never to text anyone else when you're with somebody different, but just being mindful of the time that you're spending and when you're present with somebody physically, especially now and nowadays, cause you can't be present with that many people, um, in the same, at the same time. So um, it sounds
0: like a good theme for a future poem.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, does travel get you present in that way? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I, mean, I guess it does both right because you miss your family like you definitely miss the people that you love you miss home um, and you do reach out to them but I found that a couple of things is just enjoying the space that you're in when you're there so like climbing to the top of Mount Batur right for example in Bali it was amazing it was a six hour climb you start at 2am you get to the top about 8am or so to catch the sunrise it's an amazing venture But it's so tiring, like it's, once you get to the top, it's actually steeper at the top. So if you like, you have to have some determination to like pull in when you're really, really tired to do the hardest portion of the volcano. Um, And I'm saying that to say that you can't be anywhere else except there, right? It is so taxing and it requires so much of your attention and like strength that you literally cannot go anywhere else (laughs) mentally. Except just thinking about getting to the top of that volcano. So I think there was so many times like in my travels where you have to be present, right? You're watching this professional tango couple in Buenos Aires. You're climbing to the top of Cotopaxi in Ecuador. Like there's so many things that really pull your all out of you that it does require your undivided attention. And when you get to the top, when you at the end of that tango show. Like all of these things, you're just that much more thankful that you took the time to unplug and be there and really witness and experience that. And I got to a point because I do have travel vlogs where I shared a lot of my experiences, a lot of them, ideally for me. Right. And I was like documenting my time, but then sharing it with everyone else. Um, But there as I went through different countries, I realized to, you know, capture a little moment of this. And then put the GoPro away, put the phone away after you've captured like where you are, what you're doing, having a good time. Cause I think you can also get caught up in trying to record so much of it that you miss it as well. Or you're watching the experience through your phone or your GoPro or your camera and not really experiencing it for yourself.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really important, i talked about this a lot on the show, just like, Yeah, like being aware of it or being conscious of it, right? Like almost setting up some rules for yourself. If you know part of your job is going to be like, all right, I want to capture some of this for my vlog. Okay, but does that mean, you know, what does that mean to you? And how much do you want it to interfere with the travel experience? Because there's no doubt it's going to interfere, right? Or, I mean, you could say also in some ways, depending on what you're doing, it could add to it in the sense that like certainly with certain projects, I think people might be more open to, talking to you if you were say going to interview like a local and it was for like a vlog or something like that then it's like almost like a formal way to kind of get to know people on the ground like you're like hey i got this thing you know come chat with me like i have this podcast here you wouldn't have reached out if i didn't have this podcast i wouldn't be lucky to have this conversation with you so like out of these projects can also come connections i think but especially when you're traveling it is it is key to, to be present. I mean, otherwise.
2: Why? Like why go right. <laughs> Why leave from home if you want everything to just be how it is when you're home? Um, and that's what I tell people all the time too. Like, it's not weird. It's different. You know, there's somewhere else and it's not how you're used to It's Like, oh, that's weird. It's like, no, it's not weird. It's just, they just do it a different way than we do. And when you can grasp that, um, you, you've, you've accomplished a big thing. Because then you can go anywhere and, and acclimate to that location um, and feel at home, right? You can literally make your home anywhere once you have come to that realization that, you know, it's not weird, it's different, and it's okay, right? That, that they do it differently than what you do. That's a big aha for a traveler to get. Yeah, do you
0: find just, I just had a thought as you were kind of saying that because you were reframing it essentially with one word like it's not weird it's different and and I'm thinking about your poetry and what you do as an artist and you know you work with words right I mean that's what you do so is that a common practice for you something uh as a way to using language to sort of reframe things or the way you think and and if so how do you do that
2: absolutely Yeah, that is as a man, as an admissions manager at a tech company, as a poet, as a sister, as a coach, as everything. Yes. Like words. Yes. (laughs) One hundred percent reframing words to tell a different story, because I believe that like if you change, you can change the narrative. Right. You can change the narrative. You can say today was an awful day or you can say today was really tested my patience and I learned so much today. Right. And those two things hold such different power in the way that you tell your story. Um, so I'm really big on, yes, changing words and using words to uplift. I do think there's a lot of strength and power in the tongue and how you, what you say and what you're saying to yourself. And I think we underestimate how powerful what we say to ourselves is. If you think about it, you're talking to yourself all day. Yeah. Right. You hear a lot of things for to better
0: or right. worse. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're on your smartphone and you're having all these distractions. But at the end of the day, during the day, more than we realize, we we're think we're, we're having thoughts and we're listening to ourselves so much. Um, and so you have to I always tell my friends, like, be gentle with yourself be gentle with the things that you're telling yourself or they'll say something crazy about themselves. And I'm like, Hey, 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 you're talking about my friend. Right. But they're talking about themselves. And I just think it's a good reminder to know that like, yeah, words are very powerful. And I do find myself um, to answer your question, like framing, framing words in such a way that tell a story that I want to hear or that I want to mm-hmm. read or that I, you know, want others to, to know about themselves for
1: sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What, if any, challenges have you had uh, in terms of, like, it's one thing to kind of hole up and say say you're, you know, you're at the bank counter as a teller and you're writing these poems and, you know, maybe they're just for you or you, maybe you share them with your sister or somebody close or whatever. But it's another thing to, like, then go out and stand on stage and share it with a group of people or put yourself out there as as an artist. Um, and since we're talking about sort of self-talk and and reframing things and things like that, is that something you've always been comfortable with, or did you have to work on your own self-talk and, and like kind of work through it in order to like get to a point where you were comfortable with putting yourself out there as a as a quote unquote artist?
1: Yeah, kind of a combination.
2: So like I used to beat box and I used to sing as a as a youngster. Um, I still sing as well, and beatbox. Um, but it I was on stages early is what I'm saying. So I, it, it, that was normal to me, to be on stage, to share my gift. My mom was the mom that was like, hey, I've got friends over, sing something really quick. Let them hear you, do that. You know, so I was always like being put on the spot. So I wasn't shy, like I've never been a shy person. Um, but I will say in the poetry space, like spoken word was new for me in 2013 is when I really started like getting into the spoken word um, space. And it's important to find your own voice. Because sometimes you like go to a place and like all poets sound the same, they all have like the same style or cadence that they use. So I think it's very important to find your own voice. And the beautiful thing about poetry and just artistry in general, in my opinion, is that no one can tell you that it's wrong. No one can say like, "Oh, that line shouldn't have been in there," or "You didn't do that," or "You can't." You're not going to walk into an art gallery and tell the artist that they should have did the brushstroke. To this way versus that way. And that's what I love about it is that maybe it's weird, not weird, but different. Maybe it is, you know, what, not what you're used to, but it, but it's yours and no one can say like, it's not right. And so I do love that. And most of the time in poetry spaces, there's an environment created of respect and like respecting the mic and respecting what people do and their art and, and how they do it. And I really love the atmosphere that's created in those spaces um, for freedom. And even if you don't like it, right, like you respect it, you respect that somebody else wrote that and that's their artistry and that's their truth and what they wanted to share. And I think it's a beautiful environment. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I was ever really shy. But I, in this spoken word um, realm, just wanted, you know, being confident about your own voice is a really, really important and not trying to like sound like anybody else, and because you can, you can go to open mic. That's um, everyone is amazing, right? Like everyone that touches the mic was like from Death Poetry Jam, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, these
1: people
2: are amazing. And it can cause like either it's going to do two things: it's going to make you elevate and know that you also belong there, or it's going to make you kind of cower and say, gosh, these people are really great. I don't think I should share my own.
0: Yeah, and that's so, that's me. I'm in that category.
2: <laughs> but then once you do share. The cool thing is that somebody needed to hear what you said like yes maybe the four or five other people that went before you were phenomenal and there's no denying their gift and their art but so are you and putting yourself in that category and once again not talking about like giving being gentle with yourself to know that wow your gift is different and unique and somebody needed to hear what you said you might have been somebody's favorite poet that evening although in your opinion you were last on the list or, you know, whatever, like you were somebody's favorite poet. And the cool thing about poetry too, is that you can ask 10 different people in the audience what they liked most about your poem. And they they probably will all have a different line or something different that you said that they liked. And it's people listen with ears of where they are. Like, right? you know, they say like, you can only see through the, your own lens. I feel like this is the same with your hearing. So it's like, you're gonna, with being a father, um and, and being in relationship or being single, you're gonna pull different parts of a poem. There different things are gonna speak to you in different ways, just given like who you are and where you are in life. And so I love that about poetry as well. Like one line might hit one other person, whereas this line did something else, or this line made somebody else cry because they're dealing with a death and you're talking about um, you know, loss. So I love that about it, that it just can touch different people in different ways. That's my favorite part about it. It never gets old. I love it, (laughs) I love it.
0: This episode is brought to you by US Bank. Recently I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway. And enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I mean, with music too, right? That's like, uh, I mean, I have certain songs where they they just mean something different to me now at this stage in my life than they meant, you know, same song, right? Same song 15 years later, just means something different. It's so powerful. I think it's a great, um, what you said is a great reminder of, you know, just taking... The pressure off yourself and remembering that hey, whatever you share is going to impact other people in some way, so you know, maybe it's not about you as much as y- y- you think, right? And, and that way, I always like that, that reminder always kind of allows me to put things out there and be more confident, not necessarily in every single thing I produce, but just that hey, well, you know what. I might think this of this, but it doesn't matter because somebody out there is going to get value from this in a certain way. And you can't predict those things, right? Mm No, (laughs) no, it's just not possible. You've used used the word gift quite a few times. And uh, you mentioned your gift. And and I'm just wondering, like what your thoughts are around that? Yeah. Do you think it's something that's born that you're born with? Or you think that you can discover sort of gifts along the journey of life? I mean, like if you're talking to somebody that's listening and they're like, oh, like, yeah, well, I can listen to Stephanie's poetry and she has this gift. I can hear that. What's my gift? I don't know what my gift is. How do I find my gift? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think the gift is like where your passion meets your purpose. That's kind of, to me, the mix of it. And I mean, gifts are given, right? They're not like, you don't have to earn them. You don't like have to- I, there's an element like I, to me, they're given and, and not to say that they're effortless or that you don't have to do any work to hone your skills and your craft and your gift. But it's that thing that you would do for free. It's that thing that wakes you up in the morning earlier, just so that you can share it. Or it's that thing that you'll go, go the extra mile to tell somebody about. And you're really proud of um, whatever that looks like to me, right, is your gift. And I don't, I, I do believe that like you know faith without works is dead those type of things so it's like you have to also very very much work at it even if you're really good at it to be great at it you still have to work at it regardless if if you're a singer that's great but you need to like still hone your crafts do vocal, vocal lessons like you know get in the studio make some new content like you still have to do a lot of work around it but it's when your passion meets your purpose so if you're if you're it doesn't feel like work Oftentimes when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. I know there's that quote where he's like, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Like that's to me where where your gift is somewhere in that space of like, I really enjoy this. I would do this for free. It would be awesome if I could get paid for this. Right, you have gamers that get paid thousands of dollars on YouTube to like let people watch them play video games.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, which I still don't understand.
2: That's but... brilliant, though. It's <laughs> it's crazy to me too because I'm not a gamer, but it's just like I applaud the individual yeah. who has made a career out of playing video games and because that's what they love to do. Um, so that's like figuring out what I love to do, what I would do for free, and then how do I get paid to do what I would do for mm-hmm. free?
0: I love that none of that definition involved how talented you are at it because then i think if you start using that as a measuring stick then you start getting into the external validation you start getting into the comparison trap and that is like one of the biggest things that prevents art from being created and put out to the world i think you start you know somebody gets in their head and they start saying they're not good enough and then comparing themselves to everybody it's uh it's death to art.
2: <laughs> it is. But I think the talent comes from um, the work. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I started with that. Like I wasn't like my first poem is nowhere near as great. It's still good, right? I think, unbiasedly. <laughs> but nowhere near as good as the last poem that I just wrote, right? And, and so, one, it takes time to evolve and to grow and to your space. And if you listen to the Jackson five versus Michael Jackson, those are different people, right? You're evolving as an artist, you're evolving as, as you grow. And as you have different life experiences, your lyrics change, your voice changes, your delivery changes. Um, So the talent to me comes from the work. They say when you put 10,000 hours into something, then you can call yourself an expert in it. So it's like, yes, do the work and then the talent will come almost. It's almost reversed to what people think. Like, oh, well, you can sing. So that's why you're successful. It's like, no, I worked really hard at honing this craft in order to be successful with this piece of of myself. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I find a lot of joy in the idea of working on a craft, right? Like treating it as a craft and getting to work on that every day. What, Like every time I sit down to do a podcast is a real world example, right? It's like, the craft is the interview, right? And it's like, how, how can, how is this going to go? You don't know, and and each time you're you're, it, it can go up or down, or at least in your own head, you know. Again, we can't control what people think of things, but uh, but there is joy for me in the present moment, no matter where I'm at with my uh, skill level compared to maybe some of the best in the world or whatever. Forget the comparison thing; just the joy of like getting to sit down and work on the craft. Is, uh, is such a – it's one of the best parts of life,
1: I mm-hmm. think. I love that.
2: So it's definitely worth it to do. Like you said, you would that's something that you would do for free. That's your passion. And, it yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad that you're living in that space because a lot of people know what they would want to do but don't take the leap of faith to step out and really do that. They're like, oh, yeah, if I could do anything in the world, I would, um, you know – I don't know cook I would have my own restaurant or something you're like oh great like you know are you cooking like no I eat out most days and like you know not really like owning or or pouring into themselves as much as they're pouring into other things that are distracting them from their true self
0: yeah okay so do you hear us listener if you're somebody out there that's like been putting off this thing because you're like oh i'm not good enough at it or i i tried picking up the guitar before and it sounded like crap just enjoy the craft of uh learning at it learning it and getting better right get out there and do it today <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, love that. I think too i would say enjoy the process right Is i think exactly. so many people are so concerned about the destination to your point for your same example, like I just wanted to play guitar and I'm not good at it and it's hard and it's causing my fingertips and it's just this. And it's like, if you enjoy every step of the way, like, okay, you want to get to Italy one day. Right. But in the meantime, go to little Italy in your city and learn how to make pasta, like homemade pasta and like really embrace different elements that are going to lead you to ultimately one day going to Italy and sitting in Florence and Tuscany and like having these this amazing meal, right? That you've been waiting for and preparing yourself for. And I just think it's I think it's important to believe in yourself, believe in the dreams that you have for yourself and know that they're tangible. But along the way, enjoying the process and the journey along the way. And it's funny that we're on that topic too because like as i was traveling in 2017 i went to 18 countries and in the beginning i knew like so it was like 12 countries in 12 months was the thing and we went to some other ones in between so that's where it came to 18 but i lived in each country for a month at a time so one month went a different country every month a new country and it was interesting because
0: that was intentional you're like i'm going to mm-hmm. live in a country every month.
2: Mm -hmm. And I was actually with a group. So that allowed, um, we traveled together. So it was like four months in South America, four months in Europe, four months in Southeast Asia. And what we all talked about during the trip was not looking ahead as much, right? So you can be in Chile knowing that you're going to Uruguay next, next month and miss Chile, like miss the Aparezo in Santiago and like miss where you are because you're so focused on where you're going next that you're not enjoying where you are presently and so I would use that in life as well like enjoy where you are right now I always tell people you are exactly where you need to be right I don't like being late but when I am late I'm not like in a panic mode I'm like hmm. there were some people that relate to um, the World Trade Center that morning on purpose they were exactly where they needed to be. Um, and so I always kind of hold that, that, that truth that you are exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. And I think it's the, once again, coming back to just being present in that space, like, yes, okay, we're looking forward to Uruguay and Argentina and Italy and Prague and Budapest and all these amazing places. But right now we're in Chile and I'm going to enjoy Chile and, you know, their cuisine and their culture and their their food and their their food cuisine language religion like just getting to know where i am is important
0: yeah do you think there's a power in adopting a label for example maybe you're somebody that's never traveled anywhere yet but you have you know plans to travel and, mm. and you just start calling yourself a digital nomad. You're like, I'm a digital nomad now. Or you're like, I'm a poet, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, maybe you wrote one poem or zero or five and you're right at the beginning, but you, you just, you take the label and you just own it. Is, is that like tricking yourself or is there some kind of power, <laughs> power in that? Do you think?
1: Um, I think that
2: there's power in truth because your mind really knows. Like if you write one poem and you're like, I am a poet, that is what I do. I'm a spoken word artist. I am the best in the world. Like, I think there is there's, there's like, there is some strength and power in affirmations. But I also think that there's strength and power in honesty as well. So, and your mind knows. Like, if you're not a professional snowmobiler or whatever you want to do, your mind knows that, right? I think it's there's a sweet spot in saying what you want until you see what you said. In the sense of saying potentially like, oh, I'm an aspiring poet, like I'm, I've started writing poetry and I'm an aspiring spoken word artist. Um, but I do think that you should give credit to yourself where credit's due. And I don't think many of us do that. Right. So I've spoken in over 30 countries. I've performed in over 30 countries that I've been in. That makes me an international artist. Now, was it on the same stage as Beyonce or was I in the O2 in London? No, was not. (laughs) Right. And so I think that sometimes we say, oh, since I wasn't on this big stage, I haven't arrived yet. But if you performed internationally, you're an international artist. Right. So I think that there's there's beauty in like being honest with yourself, but also affirming what you have done. And really digging into like, who am I? What are the things that I have accomplished um, that I don't give myself credit for? That's really, really important. to like give credit where credit's due even and especially for ourselves. We're our worst. Yes.
0: Hard to give ourselves credit Mm -hmm. sometimes. I mean, I think it's also, yeah, in a way it's kind of giving yourself permission to, to be that thing or to work on that craft. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's, that can be a pretty powerful thing as well that can keep the momentum going. We have touched on travel a bit, but we should talk a little bit more about travel of course. Um, (laughs) so yeah, you grew up in Colorado Springs. Did you grow Mm -hmm. up traveling? That's a military town, right? It
2: is. Yeah. So I was, I was actually born in Germany. Um, my dad was in the army. Um, But then we shortly thereafter moved to Colorado Springs, which is a military town. So he was stationed there. But then he got out of the Army. So like not at all. Like I lived in Colorado Springs from one to 18 and we didn't travel a lot. Um, I played basketball in high school. And so I did some traveling around the states for um I did some traveling around the states for basketball tournaments, like AAU tournaments, summer camps, things like that. Um, and that I really, I've always really enjoyed traveling and like seeing different places. So that was kind of the start. And then uh, it wasn't until I, I went to college, I went to Hampton University, played basketball there, and at the end of my senior year, um, my professor was like, you know, there's this internship going on with NBC Universal for the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. I was like whoa, he's like the deadline is already passed. <laughs> I was like, thanks for nothing. <laughs> and He's like, uh, but you should write. You should write the the owner. I have sent her your transcripts. Like I had straight A's in college. And he and he said, send her your transcripts. Um, you just need a writer and ask if, if they're willing to like extend this deadline for you. And I was like, ooh, okay. So I wrote the letter. She reached out to me and said, hey, can you fly to uh, Rockefeller, New York? like Rockefeller Plaza in New York um, tomorrow. And I was like, oh, definitely a college student. Don't have the funds. And it's just for an interview. I don't even know that I'm going to get this you're just asking me to do it in the college student. Like, that's a big ask, right? Plus, yeah, was, you're yeah.
0: like, uh, I don't know if I have enough money to get ramen noodles right, exactly. right now. <laughs> Maybe I can throw an egg in there mm-hmm. if I'm lucky.
2: Exactly. So it was um, <laughs> a big ask, but I also felt like sometimes you have to take that a big risk in order to get a bigger reward. So I was like, I'm going to just have faith and try it. And so I, I flew up there, did the interview, flew back. Same day, like right after the interview, I got back to the airport and flew back and made it in time back for basketball practice. Nonetheless, um, I got it. I got the internship and that was like the biggest eye opener for me to go to Beijing, right? And I know your world traveled as well. Have you been to Beijing? I have not. Okay, but well, you've been to Southeast Asia. You've been to Asia, hmm. uh, right? Yes. Okay, and, and so to come from the States or even like Europe, any like Westernized country and go to China is just, it just wiser. I mean, everything's different, right? The architecture, the people,
0: Mind blown. the food,
2: the <laughs> culture. I mean, it was a lot. It was like so much to take in from my first trip, but that really sparked the travel bug in me, right? And I was like, man, this is amazing. I want to see more of the world. That's really not like me. And then I started working just like, I just started working Fortune 50 company was there for eight years and still had this travel desire. Like I went to Italy. I went to Greece. And then like 2016, it became this like insatiable. Like I want to go. I don't want to come to office every day. I want to go. I want to travel. I want to see the world. And I think now is the time before I like have kids and have a spouse and have commitments that are going to keep me um, stable. And I say that, but I know that many people do also have kids and have spouses and they still travel and I championed that right but in that time and space I was like I'm single so like let me just go now because I think now is a good time um and I did right I got into that group and it was 12 countries in 12 months and I, I never stopped after that like I I lived in London for a year and a half um and I met someone in Bali and like moved to London um, and, and we didn't work out. We're still friends and stuff like that. But I did live in London for about a year and a half and then started again, like Portugal, Spain, Amsterdam, Barcelona, Colombia, Mexico City, and just like loving. It. And I kind of kept that same like a month or two. OK, in the next country, a month or two, just because it's a good amount of time to like really get to know people and a culture. Um, it's It's not enough time to do everything. But it's a good amount of time to get a good feel of a, of a country and location. If you're on the move, like if you're making moves and really getting out, take, making the most of every weekend and every evening and things like that. So
0: yeah, wow. So eight years in the company, were you like not that you regret it or anything, but, uh, but you know that that <laughs> time, it sounds like after the Beijing experience, I'm not sure when things started building up where you were like oh man, I don't, I can't do this forever. I need to get out and travel. Was it like, you know, partway through where you, were you still like, because a lot of times I see either, sometimes the the switch just flips for somebody and then they're just like out of there. And other times it's like a multi-year period to kind of get their head around what that means and, you know, still kind of going to the, to the job and just sort of doing it, but not like really wanting to be there wholeheartedly. And what was that process like for you?
2: Yes, yeah, so I actually really enjoyed my time. Like I really enjoyed my time there. I always had global aspirations on my performance review. So like any time we're talking, I was like, you know, what's going on in the comp? This company is like w- worlds worldwide. So like any global opportunities and international opportunities, definitely open to do those. So I was always in that m- mind frame. Always knew that I would be open to going international I just didn't know how or like what that would look like so maybe about four years in like I went to um Greece and I just oh my gosh it's still one of my favorite countries like out of 38 that I've been to Greece is just phenomenal um and then another like two years went by I went to Italy I was like oh my gosh (laughs) Italy's amazing and went to like some to Jamaica and the Bahamas you know some of those but I just wanted to make it my lifestyle and i was determined to do that like however however that that mm-hmm. came about right and so i took a lead because when i left i think a lot of people stay because it's secure right it was a great company yeah. i was paid it's, it's always well. easier to
0: stay with the known and instead of going for the unknown right
2: right and you don't know what's behind that door of uncertainty but i did i actually and i don't recommend this but i left my job before i had another job Like Mm -hmm. just like taking a leap of faith. And it took me about two months to get another job and to get a remote job. But I've been working remotely for four years now and I have zero aspirations to ever like have to go into an office job again. I wouldn't mind working for a corporation that has an office and it's optional to go in there sometimes. But I like the flexibility more than anything. I enjoy the flexibility and I feel very fortunate to be able to actually I like my job right now as well. Right. So it's like doing what I doing, what I do to make a sustainable living. But then also gives me time to write, to do podcast with Jason in the morning to like there's so much flexibility in my day and in my schedule. Um, and I didn't have to compromise on anything. And I think that's beautiful. And, and you also have to be careful of naysayers, because like the divisional vice president of the organization, when I told him I was leaving, he said, um, you're ruining your career. And because I was on the fast track, I was promoted four times in eight years. I was a really good employee, um, could have been on a national level with the company, but that wasn't what I wanted. It's great. Thank you. But I don't want to. Right. If somebody's like, oh, I'm going to give you a restaurant and you can be a chef for thousands. And you'd be like, thank you. But I don't. That's not what I want to do. It's kind of how it felt. Like, thank you so much you know, for trusting me with this. But I don't want that. Um so he's like, yeah, your, your peers are going to pass you up and you're ruining your career. And at the time when I left, I thought that I would only be gone for a year and that I would potentially like come back I And mean, I've never gone back. Um, but it was amazing because the event that I told you about earlier, he was there. Um, and so I was speaking as a poet. I was doing what I love. His company was paying me to do what I love and I did not work for them. And it was so amazing like to go back and like do my poetry and say like look look like your company's paying me to do what I love and I do not work here. And what you told me was false. Yeah. In your face. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is what we're trying to say.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Graciously, yes. But it was uh... <laughs> There's nothing like that, though, when somebody yeah. said, didn't believe in you and then they have to watch you walking in your purpose. It is and it's not for revenge or anything like that, but it's just fun that that's like a bonus. Like, oh, you told me no. And and look at me flying. You know, so it was Um, it's been a ride. It's definitely been a ride. And I'm grateful for my time. I'm grateful for those eight years because I think that a lot of people say, oh, take that leap of faith. You have to make that jump. But I think you should make a calculated jump. Right. Like I am st- was still smart about it. Like I worked there for eight years. I was very smart with my resources and savings. And those eight years afforded me the opportunity to leave, which sounds interesting. But like they built me up to leave them right at a certain space. And I think that, yeah, some people don't have the resources that they need when they start off. And those are different testimonies. But my testimony is, yes, I took a leap of faith, but I also calculated how far down is it? Is the water deep enough to catch me when I land? can I swim? What will that look like if I completely tank? Like you have to weigh out all options. You have to weigh out that you could completely fail and what the absolute worst case scenario is. And if you're okay with the worst case scenario, jump.
0: Yes. That's a powerful exercise. And it it certainly, I think yeah, can empower people because it's like, like you said, if the worst case scenario plays out, then you're just like, well, I already played this out in my head and I was fine with it. So whatever and chances are, it's not going to to play out. Like the worst case scenario generally is not going to happen to most people, I would say, uh, because you find a way. It's cool that you didn't let the naysayers stop you from doing what you wanted to do. And I think, I think for people, if there's somebody listening that has like that type of person in their life, you have to remember that they're coming from different places too. I think sometimes people may be coming from jealousy, even just like, hey, I know, you know, I've been at this company for 30 years and I never chased my dream. So, it, whether it's conscious or subconsciously, it might be like, well, hey, you shouldn't do that. You're going to ruin your career. And, and maybe that's just something internally going on. You, you know, that's just one example, of course. Or they just truly believe you're going to uh, ruin your career. And then you just have to say, well, I'm gonna have faith that that this is gonna work out, or, you know, like you said, just do something else and just roll with it. Like, make a decision and roll with it. I used to be hard. Uh, I used to be pretty. Not, I was not terrible at making decisions, but kind of like when it came to big decisions, I just couldn't pull the trigger. And then finally, I was just like, well, you know, it's all just an experience. You just make a decision and you roll with it, and you just have that experience, and you can't really look back, you know?
2: Right. And even you learn from it. Right. I feel like in life we either win or we learn like we never lose. And and that's just, if you tell yourself that story, like once again, framing it, changing the narrative that you're that you're speaking to yourself, being gentle with yourself, that failing is not a failure. It's like, oh, this didn't work this way. So let me try it this way or let me try something different over here. Like those are all perfectly fine. It's funny. It's like, they have that line of like, this is how people think success looks. And the line is like going all over the place really. Right. Like there's so many detours and stops and different things that you have to do to get to a life that you love. But if you're constantly focused on creating a life that you love, you will arrive at that, at that, at that place. Eventually, if you're gentle with yourself, if you don't stop, if you keep um, having like different visions that you want to chase after and you're going after them unapologetically like you, if your goal is to create a life that you love, that will happen.
0: Yeah. That's all starting with the intention. Mm -hmm. Right. And what does it mean to create a life you love? Okay. Well, what does a life I love look like? You have to figure that out too. Right. You know, you have to just like break it down and see what that really means to you and just give yourself some honest answers, I suppose.
2: And sometimes it's doing something that, like, sometimes you don't know what you like until you do it, right? You, I right. might love Norway. I've never, like, been in Norway. Maybe I would... Come visit! <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, but you don't know. It's like, and that's the really cool thing to me about traveling as well is, like, I will honestly say, I mean, yes, when you think of London, you think of the red double-decker buses and the black taxis and Oliver Twist-esque, like, vibe, Right? But I had no idea that there were so many Jamaicans there. And you can go get oxtail on any corner. And, like, there's this amazing festival in the summer that, I mean, what I would say that I love about traveling is that no place, I mean, literally no place has ever been what I thought it would be. Ever. Like, just very random things, or you're like, oh, they love their their delicate delicate um delicacy in Chile is like a hot dog, and you're like, what? <laughs> like what? What's that? They eat guinea pig in Ecuador, and that's like their delicacy. And I mean, I can go on for days, but I just think it's cool that you never can really, no place is ever what you expected it to be. Yes, there's elements that you knew would be there. Like, you know where there are glaciers and you're looking at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland and this and that. But you don't, do you know that they eat rotten shark? Do you know that? Like, I just think there are so many layers to every single place. And to, like, go there and experience it and it's nothing like you thought it would be is the best. That's the mm. absolute best experience to me.
0: Yeah, and you get to discover more of those when you're traveling a bit slower, like you mentioned sure. where you're spending some quality time in in places. Well, what were some of the places that really stood out to you? Places that you're like, "Hey, you know, I want to go spend more time there." Like maybe your like top 3 places you'd love to go back to that you've been.
2: Definitely Greece. Um, yeah. And I'm almost scared to go back to Greece because I loved it so much like I don't even want to taint the memory of it But I'm definitely gonna go back but I just like loved it so much my first time there Um just like the people the vibe all the buildings are blue and white So it just puts you in this very serene space and the people were so friendly the food I love like feta cheese. So like sold, you know, greek salad every day with the block of feta. Thank you. Yes, please <laughs> um, I love thailand you know it's a land of land of a thousand smiles once again the food is phenomenal and it's cheap right so that's always nice like to be able to go somewhere and like the dollar stretches a little bit further um we're you know privileged in that regard and so like that like Thailand is it's really the people are so beautiful and their initial di- disposition is to smile at you and I just love how how welcoming they were um Budapest was a surprise, right? There's not many Americans that you'll talk to and say, hey, if you could go anywhere in the world, where do you want to go? And they say Hungary, all right? Nobody's saying that. Like, I will not want say nobody, but <laughs> not a lot of people are saying that. everybody wants to go to Paris and Rome and Tokyo and all the places that are pushed to us or that we hear about the most. You want to go to London and Paris and Tokyo and Rome, right? But like Budapest is coming more popular, but it's not really on that list just yet. And so... During that year in twenty seventeen, I was like, um, you know, hey, we're just rolling, and and as I mentioned to you before, no place was as it seemed. I had a great time in Montevideo. Like, who knew Uruguay was so fun? Who knew? Not me. Um, and so I was just open to any place, right? We lived in Bulgaria, lived in in um, Prague, and and so then what that does is it shows you that there's beauty everywhere, right? And so Budapest was just amazing like there's a lot of um I don't really I'm not a huge drinker but I do like to like hang out and there's different um ruin bars there so what they do is take like alleys that have been um deserted and they turn them into open air bars or like lounges and there's they're all over the city so you can literally be walking and think you're like look going to look into a deserted alleyway and it's like this amazing hangout space and so vibrant and open air trees in the middle of the the location you're like what is happening in this, in this city um the food is very good it's very hearty and they like a lot of stews and like bread meat and things like that but um i don't know and and i've and i performed in a lot of these um i did like international videos one in argentina one in Budapest, and one in vietnam so like ho chi minh is also important to me too um it was just sensory overload. I haven't been to India. I've heard a lot of stories about India and like you have to like work yourself up to prepare like to go to India just because it's so much to take in. Um, My experience with that has been um, Ho Chi Minh so far. It is sensory overload. Like you walk out your house and there's like you're smelling, seeing, touching, feel, everything is happening at the same time. The city has seven million scooters. Um, you know, you're running in the morning and seeing like chickens being defeathered and God knows what is happening on all the streets at any given time. Um, so those are some of the places that I enjoyed. I enjoyed because they were so different than anything that I've known or, or what I expected.
0: Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This sign up over there at zero to travel dot com slash trip to get all the details thanks for listening and hope to see you there do you have any advice you want to share for connecting with locals in these areas i mean imagine just from some of the stuff you're doing you have to kind of figure out okay we're well, like where's where are people doing spoken word Mm -hmm. poetry and how do I actually get connected to the scene here and like I mean everybody has their version of that scene that they might be interested in or just connecting with with locals whether it's in the arts or just just to connect what's kind of worked for you I mean practical stuff but also it can be more like mindset stuff too
2: yeah definitely more so like um, social media For sure, like it's it's a powerful tool. If you're not using it like just to scroll through, it's a powerful tool when you're using it to like search and see what's going on in different areas. And honestly, a lot of things that I did was um, researching and just reaching out, like reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, I see you're in London. I see that you do poetry as well. Um, I'm coming to town these dates. Do you have any recommendations?" And there you're gonna run into no response or Oh, I don't know. You know, I did that a long time ago, you know, those things. But it's like get digging and digging and digging until you find the right person. And then oftentimes, when you find the right person, um, they can connect you to a lot. Like if somebody got hold of me and said, Hey, what do you, can you share anything with me about the poetry scene in the DMV area? I can read them a list of right. a million places. They
0: found the right person. <laughs> exactly. So that's
2: what I was doing, though, as well. Like, You know, and and in London, I found one guy who had a long list of all of the poetry places to go and he gave it to me. And then that's what I did. Right. Just hop in. He gave me like the days and times and all that. Like people are very generous. Even like my videos I did there, I found videographers that were in those countries and I met with them and we talked about my vision for my my videos. And I did three international poetry videos by reaching out on Facebook and having those conversations like, hey, this is the vision I have. I see that you're a videographer, what are your fees? Let's talk about my concept and your concept and how we can potentially work together. And so um, a native Hungarian did my video in Budapest and native Argentinian did it in um, Caminito in Buenos Aires. And then there was a guy from France who was living in Vietnam. He was actually teaching the Vietnamese French and he was a videographer. So his name's Christoph. He actually did my video in Vietnam. So,
0: And you found it's, them all just through social media, mm-hmm. kind of researching, connecting with people, yep. and then asking them, hey, do you know somebody? And yeah. I mean, I'm sure it certainly helps. I'm sure that you have like a web presence uh, and that people can see the work that you do, which is another advantage of kind of like putting yourself out there, right? You're like, mm-hmm. all right, this this isn't just somebody who's talking about it. This is somebody who actually does this. Um, and that all starts somewhere for for everybody. But what a cool way to kind of connect with different types of people on the ground, yeah. right? And then have something creative that you can do that's your passion while you're traveling. Because I imagine, well, I'm, I know being nomadic, you know, you, you become untethered from like You can become untethered from a sense of community Mm -hmm. that, you know, in sort of the traditional sense, right? Right. So then you have to kind of create community for yourself in some Mm -hmm. ways if that's something that you need. And I mean, after a certain point, I think everybody needs it, right? Because we're human. Um, Is this the way that you've kind of balanced nomad life with sort of community is by practicing your art and getting involved locally in things like this?
2: Yeah, that for sure. And then also um, still staying close to those that I love, right? Like still making time for those FaceTime videos, those conversations and still reaching back. And then, you know, I had 16 visitors in 2016 or excuse me, 2017. I had 16 visitors that came to different countries. So that was amazing as well. I was like, my sister was in Ecuador and Argentina. My mom came to Thailand. My cousin came to Prague, My you know, what nice. I mean, so that...
0: So you're like inspiring them to travel, right? Exactly. Just giving them an excuse, which is cool.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So that so that building community where you are, but then also like maintaining the community that you have as well and saying, like, Hey, come with me. You know, I, I gave my mom the full itinerary and I said, Choose where you want to come. And I that was her Christmas gift. And she chose Thailand, which I was surprised. It was a long flight for her. <laughs> From Colorado, but she enjoyed it. She loved it so much. So
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about? I mean, I know you're not traveling now because we all know what's going on. But what do you like about nomad life, and what do you dislike about it, or find challenging?
2: Um. What I love about it is I love the differences in the culture, and I like I said I love being surprised. Like I can expect Norway to be one way, or you know, or Cambodia to be one way. And it's not, it's not going to be any, as much as I like try to think of when you research and hear things, you, there's nothing like going there and being there, being immersed in, in something different. I like being outside of my comfort zone. Um, so that's what I do love about being a digital nomad. Um, what I don't like about it, not many things. I would say sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to say goodbye Right. Like, so you're there for a month. It's like it, it, the way I do it, too. Like if you're there for a month and you started early, it's a decent amount of time to like have your favorite restaurant, have made some friends like hanging out. And then it's like the moment that you get comfortable, it's time to go. Uh, so that's hard too. like you have to constantly say goodbye to people. And it's great because you're meeting new people everywhere you go and making new friendships. And then you have friendships all over the world, which is fun. But, you know, I still talk to my friends in Budapest and Ecuador and, you know, all the place, like the different places I've been. I still keep up with a lot of individuals. Um, I was performing in Bali and like um, one of the gentlemen from the band, he reached out to me and like they're building a new stage. And he's like, the next time you come to Bali, like the stage is waiting for you. And it's like, it's cool to have friends all over the world, but it's also difficult to like say goodbye, you know, again and again and again and again (laughs) and again.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Um, for sure. It's kind of funny how, yeah, something you said. I always found this too. Like, if you spend, you know, a decent amount of time in a place for a nomad, right? Like, mm-hmm. it could be a few weeks or something. Yeah. And, you know, you check out a bunch of places and you find like a cafe you really like. And it, the tendency, I think, can be it's like old habits die hard yes, to yes. like kind of go back to the same place sometimes, even though, you know, there's this whole city to explore. Yeah. Because there is something every once in a while with having a bit of familiarity mm-hmm. with something. Right, it's kind of like all right. I know I don't live here, but like if I go back to that same cafe, like I kind of
1: yeah feel like, like no I might yeah.
0: belong in this community a little bit for at least like a a short period of time, you know. Right.
2: <laughs> and it's so important that you said that because like, I always tell people, I encourage people to if you're going to be there for a short period of time, you have to move quick, right? So like within two to three days of getting to a new location, I would always. Um, Look at where's the closest grocery store? What's my nearest bus station? What metro am I closest to? Where's the nearest gym? Like when gyms were a thing or open. (laughs) Um, Like looking at all of those things and knowing that two to three days in, running the neighborhood to like understand where I am, feel comfortable, getting home a couple different ways instead of always going the same way. Like if you do that early on, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable Sooner. I
0: I did promise I'd touch on making a living from your art. Any advice for people out there that are trying to do the same?
2: For sure. I mean, what I would say is just start, right? And it's so annoying. That's such annoying advice. Um, Like, there was a motivational speaker that gave me, I waited an hour to speak to her, and I don't normally do that. And I was like, so encouraged by what she said. And I was like, I want to start like motivational speaking and doing this. And she's like, oh, yeah, just get started. And I was like, so mad. Like I waited for an hour for you to tell me just start, but it is very true actually. Like just start, right? Like if you want to write, start writing, even if it's just a little bit every day, even if it's absolute crap, what you're writing down, like initially until you start to hone your skills or like go back and edit and make adjustments. Um, it's important to just get started. And I think that sometimes we have this big grandiose vision in our minds. And so it keeps us from starting. Because we're like, gosh, I have such high aspirations for this. And I don't know where to start because it's so big, right? And it's take one bite. Like, okay, you want to eat this big, big burger? Well, the only way to, to, to eat it is to start. Like, cut a piece off, chew a little bit. Maybe you can't eat all today. Maybe you can't get it all this week or this month. But if you start chopping away at it one bite at a time, eventually... It may rot or you might finish it, right? But honestly, it's like knowing, like first figure out what it is that you want to do. Like where does your passion meet your purpose? And then what can you do a little bit every day to move the needle forward in that direction? If you're working right now in a job that you don't want, but you you know what you want to do and you just can't find the time, you can carve out 30 minutes of Instagram scrolling or facebook responding or cnn viewing whatever it is you can find 30 minutes or an hour of every day to pour into yourself right you're pouring so much into everything else and everyone else's visions and everyone else's dreams and you know they say if you don't have visions of your own somebody will pay you to 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 help accomplish theirs right so it's like and i'm very adamant about like working out and making my smoothie and um you know, reaching out to podcasts, hosts, and like having speaking events and reaching out to corporations and doing things that make me happy that are moving just the vessel forward and not just only working for my corporation. And by the end of the day, I'm so spent that I have zero time for pushing my dreams forward. Like it's very important to make time for yourself, whatever that looks like for you. And I think once you do that more, it's like I do my passion and then I get paid for it. It's not that I was looking for the money first. It's like I was looking to do my passion first. And then people said, oh, how much do you charge? That's where you want to get to that sweet spot where you're not looking for it to like sustain all of you. But you're like, I would do this for free or this is what I want to do no matter what. And then once the payments start coming in, that's great. That's bonus. But that's not yeah. where I'm that's not the vantage point that I'm starting from.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. We should mention the, the t-shirt project you have. If you yeah. want to just tell everybody quickly about that and you can give them the website cause this is another interesting thing you have going on.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's a minimalism movement. Um, it's really encouraging people to pack less and travel more. And that all came about because I've been living out of a suitcase and a backpack for three years, four years. And people are like, oh, I just couldn't do without this or that or this. And so it was like really to inspire like a minimalist movement, like pack less, travel more. Yes, I have on the same shirt, but I'm in a different country. And that's really what it is. the same shirt, different country. Um, and so it's same shirt, DC.myshopify.com. And um, yeah, it's just really a minimalist movement. So we have like hoodies, tank tops and t-shirts and it says, yeah, I have on the same shirt, but I'm in a different country. So it's like, do you care about what I'm wearing or, or does it matter that I'm exploring and experiencing new things? Uh, is kind of the premise behind it.
0: So, yeah. Yes. And you can really roll with that one shirt. I just remember being in Vietnam and since you were talking about Vietnam, you know, getting like, getting fresh clothes and then mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just put on this t-shirt. And then you walk outside and it's like 12 seconds later, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're soaked you're in sweat. So, I'm like, yeah. does it even matter <laughs> that these clothes are clean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you could just have, probably just have the one t-shirt and it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Just a vessel is what you call yourself as a poet. I mean, I think the name kind of explains explains it, self-explanatory. I'm just wondering the the feeling when you're creating. You feel that coming through you in a way that's spiritual? I don't know, just, just describe it.
2: Yeah, for sure. So it's just a vessel, right? No more, no less. Like I used to say, I'm just a vessel. He uses, um, so like I sometimes feel like if you write something and you read it and it hits you back, it's like, wow, like I wrote this, but I know that I didn't write this, if that makes sense. It's like, it's not like you said, something bigger than you, bigger than yourself. So I definitely feel that. I definitely love to inspire. Um, And I do feel that, like when I'm on stage and just the feedback, even that's affirming afterwards, like, oh my gosh, I needed that piece or I just lost my daughter. And that spoke to me for this reason. So one, it's great, like positive affirmation is great afterwards. But even if nobody came up to me after um, an event, you know, that I know when I'm speaking that it's touching somebody. Right. And if it touches one person, I'm good. I'm good for the day. If I'm speaking to a thousand and one person's mindset or heart was shifted or pricked in any way, I feel good. I feel like mission accomplished. Um, so yeah, it's definitely bigger than myself and that's how I want it to be for sure.
0: Yeah. I find it interesting when you're creating that balance. I mean, like for me, it's songwriting, but you know, like there's the practical aspect of wordsmithing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and But like then there's this flow state that it's like you're there, but you're not there kind of, and it's just sort of coming out. It, it, when you get to that place where you're not judging it and it's just getting onto the page, whether it's good or bad is like to be decided later when you kind of do the more Use the practical mind to kind of like curate and then right. refine or something like that. But that magical sort of flow state is uh, is just like I live for that. It's such a great mm-hmm. feeling.
2: You know? <laughs> it's a good feeling. It takes um, a while sometimes to get into that space, but once you get there, it's it is a nice place to be for sure.
0: For sure, um, I've had an absolute blast chatting with you. I'm not going to put you on the spot like your mom used to with the singing, but <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know if you have a little a little travel theme something you can throw at us if not no worries I know it's early for you we could always like you could always send me some files and I can throw something here in the outro so you guys yeah. can have a listen
1: okay yeah I can definitely do that
2: um I don't like off top I don't have any like mm-hmm. I don't have a theme song though <laughs> maybe I need to get that since Jason's asking no
0: me. no not I well yeah I, I said a travel themed thing I didn't expect that you have a theme song but oh, that would be okay. funny you could be like hey this <laughs> is my theme song <laughs> yeah, I um yeah some travel themed poetry or just yeah maybe we'll just you know just send me some files and we can uh we can give you a little listen to uh just a vessel uh, and some of the poetry and of course uh just a vessel is stephanie james who has been kind enough to give us her time today thank you so much stephanie i've had a blast i hope that i hope you do visit norway it'd be fun to do this again in person
2: that would be awesome yeah it's definitely on my <laughs> list like everywhere is on my list um but yeah this, if anyone interested in connecting it's uh just the vessel and um just the vessel 22 on instagram twitter and facebook and all the all the socials just the vessel 22 so thank you so much for having me jason i really awesome. appreciate it i've enjoyed it.
0: yeah this. cool me too have a blast please keep in touch we will do <laughs> take care thanks you too There you have it my chat with stephanie james aka just a vessel she's awesome i mean how am i so lucky that i get to connect with these incredible people and they actually reach out to me she reached out to me oh i remember how because of you my friend because you listen to this show you are part of this audience this global caravan i like to think of us uh, these beautiful travel souls out there travel loving souls. And uh, when you listen to this, you're not listening alone. You're joining many thousands of people from around the world. I just wanted to remind you of that. It's easy to forget when you stick your earbuds in and you're kind of like, all right, well, here I am listening to this. Well, you're not alone, my friend. And um, I'm so grateful that you're part of this community. And this is a community-powered show, mind you. And it exists because of you and for you. So please, if you ever want to, get in touch and say hi drop a note, leave a review, whatever. I read all of these emails. You can hit me up, Jason at zero com. I read all the reviews that you are kind enough to leave. And I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this community. Feedback is welcome. And I've been asking, I could say begging, I've been asking people to just open your smartphone, open the audio app, record some audio and send it to me. And might put you on the podcast. You could share some tips with the audience, whatever, some recommendations on, on some travel advice, just your story, whatever. Take a minute and do that if you got some time. And uh, I will tell you if you're not signed up for the more than travel email list uh, over at zero to com, I could call it the travel email, but it's actually a little bit about a little bit more than travel, I think, quite often. It's really what's kind of Going on in my head, in the world. I try to share some helpful stuff there. And you can get that newsletter by going to zero travel.com and just simply signing up for free. And then you're going to hear about all of the awesome stuff we have going on off the podcast. Yes, I've got a challenge coming up. We're helping you plan your 2021. Uh, we've got some workshops early next year that we're running. Another challenge to help people start their side hustle business so you can eventually leave your nine to five and travel more. All kinds of stuff going on off the podcast, but if you don't take a minute and sign up for the email list, you're not going to hear about any of it. So be sure to do that if you keep putting it off and you haven't done it. Now, I've got a a bunch of stuff to share. This leads me to a a community shout out since I talked about the community so much, uh, the listening community here. I'm going to share that in a second. First, I do want to say a quick Thank you once again to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. These are the backpacks I've been using for many years. They have a really cool quiz on their website, actually, that helps you find the right backpack for you, for your exact situation, for the type of traveler you are. So go ahead and take that quiz. You can order anything at tortugabackpacks.com slash zero. That'll take you to the page where you can start finding the stuff you want when you check out you get a discount if you spend more than $200, you, spend, you save 20%. 300 you save 25%. And 500 or more, you save 30%. They never do sales at Tortuga, but this is especially here with the pandemic and everything. So they are hooking you up. And that sale runs from November 17th through December 21st. So don't dilly-dally. Get a gift for yourself. I love that word, dilly-dally, by the way. Uh, don't dilly-dally. Get a gift for yourself get a gift for a loved one because you're going to be able to get their stuff on sale, which never happens, like I said. And um, they've got incredible travel gear. So it's stuff that you can use at home or traveling. Uh, They also have a try it on at home program. So you have 30 days to try it out. You can put your own stuff in, pack it with your own gear, see how it feels, see if you like it, and then you can send it back at no risk within 30 days if you do not like it but you're going to like it so uh you really got nothing to lose tortugabackpacks.com slash zero z-e-r-o spelled out tortugabackpacks.com slash zero check them out okay now gotta give a shout out first of all anytime somebody leaves me a review i mean come on you took some time out of your day to say something nice about the podcast you know i'm shouting you out my friend this one is from Bednets. Bednets, <laughs> Bed Nets. Five stars. Love this show. I've been greatly enjoying this podcast. Catching up as a new listener on past episodes. We will travel again soon enough. And I'm grateful for the excitement and tips uh, through these fun listens. Would love an episode on tips for students and study abroad. My college-aged daughter plans to be in Italy in fall 2021. And yes, I will be visiting her. Thank you for your love of travel, adventure, and inspiring guests uh, loved the Kathleen Sinclair episode. Stay safe. Love bed nets. Well, they didn't write love bed nets, but anyway, very nice uh, review there. Thank you. And uh, yes, I wanted to let you know, bed nets, whoever you are, the mystery bed nets, that uh, I am in fact going to be publishing an episode coming up soon, all about how to hack college. Really, at any age, if you you know, even if you're going to like post grad, uh, how to get college cheaper, and abroad in Europe. So I'm really excited to bring that episode to you. And I've got a slew of episodes coming up for you, some incredible stuff that's already recorded. I could tease out a bunch of interviews, but I, I will say that you should subscribe if you haven't yet because, uh, you know, we're seven years into this podcast and I ain't slowing down. I ain't stopping. I'm keeping this thing going because you all give me energy and you keep me motivated to keep rocking the mic so thank you very much for being a part of this listening community i do want to give one more shout out this time to mike who wrote me an email he said what's up jason longtime listener of the podcast I'm currently going through a rough patch in life both of my current relationship and job want to let you know your podcast gives me hope and motivation to keep trekking i'm getting to the point where i just want to quit my job and head out into the world. He goes on to say, keep doing your thing, man. If you're ever in Buffalo, New York, shoot me an email. Buffalo has some great brews, and it's an underrated food city. Great hikes in the area as well. Letchworth and Devil Holes. The summer and fall in Buffalo are elite. Thanks for checking in, Mike. You know, true story, I once spent a month in Buffalo for a job. I was driving around a Volkswagen Beetle promoting the New York lottery, and <laughs> it was kind of a funny job. But anyway was a lovely town. I love Buffalo, New York. In fact, that's where my mother and my father met. So I have some connections to Buffalo and I find upstate New York to be a little bit of a hidden gem in the USA. Super friendly people and a lot of cool stuff to do and see. So thanks for checking in and kind of taking me back to Buffalo a bit, you know, in in my mind anyway. Speaking of going places in your mind, I did have this little PSA to share with you, this public service announcement, right? Dun, dun, dun. It's it's not that dramatic, but I do want to just say that to all you travelers out there who are feeling like a little disconnected with the world, maybe you're tired of being stuck at home, just remember, the world isn't going anywhere. It's still there to be explored it's just waiting for you it's waiting for you to explore it and I don't want you to get down you know travel is about more than travel isn't it yeah it's about seeing the world and experiencing the new places and the cultures and the destinations but it's also about discovering new things about ourselves about our place on this planet about our place in the universe it's about patience and tolerance and acceptance and love it's just about so much more than going someplace and seeing something. And a lot of these things we can do at home, right? If we open our minds up, maybe in a different way. Maybe we need to shake things up to open our minds up to that. But, you know, there are uh, many other aspects of travel that are connected to travel, but maybe can also be tapped into when you're at home. So I, whatever that means to you, I just wanted to throw that out there as a little public service announcement a friendly little reminder and uh, just keep in mind the world is still out there it's getting ready to be explored by you one day you can't do it now there's a pandemic maybe some of you are but a lot of you do not want to be traveling right now that's cool we will travel again my friends hashtag we will travel again so uh, thank you uh, for listening to my PSA there and just wanted to give you a little little boost before we let you go and i got like two more things for you i'm going to read a quote for you right now i'm going to dig into the quote drawer find something saucy don't know what i'll discover and um then i'm going to leave you with a little poetry from just a vessel first uh let me read this quote that i just randomly pulled out of my drawer this is from uh dogen zenji enlightenment is intimacy with all things enlightenment is intimacy with all things whoo powerful stuff let's give you some more powerful stuff i'll leave you with some spoken word poetry from stephanie james aka just a vessel i'll see you next time peace and love
1: I feel it, oh, I feel it, I feel my dream shaking me, I can see it almost reaching, I know this is where it's supposed to be, do you believe? that one day your name will make a change? That someone in some way will be better because you came? Do you know that when you leave, you're not fully gone? For when you live a life of purpose, your legacy lives on. Through the lives of the ones you've touched and the hearts of the ones you've reached, your life will be a legacy if you choose for it to be. You see, we, are the prodigies of our ancestors' strong working backs who had to bend sometimes but refused to crack. We are the told you so to what they said we can never do or be. We are the light at the end of the tunnel that they said we'd never see. We are the hope that they prayed for, the inherited strength passed down. We are the seat they refused to give up. We found our thrones and wear our crowns. Royalty is our name and is from our ancestors' graves who fought for us and taught us that history can be changed. That we can write our stories even when the narrative had a different ending. We can get to the end of hope, tie a rope and hold to new beginnings. It is us who creates the legacy that we leave behind. But we be remiss if we forget to remember those who ignited the flame that burns inside. You see, we are the actualization of dreams deferred, the thoughts beyond words, a reason our ancestors smiled and answered prayer, the child who survived. We are alive and it is up to us to make sure that their dreams keep on living, to breathe into our passions and commit to generational healing. We are ceilings broken, limitless skies. A glimpse of heaven on earth, we are life. Legacy is what you leave behind, but you build it one single day at a time. We are divine. Miracle workers, dream pushers, atmosphere shifters, we are purpose. The only thing standing between us and success. At our best, we are enough. And if we never give up, we will be the twins to the ones who came before us. Gorgeous minds, intelligent hearts. In a world full of broken pieces, we are the best parts. We are love, freedom ringing from the soul. Although sometimes divided, we are always whole. We are joy in the morning a song stuck on repeat. We are laughter and fun, just what they thought we would be. And yes, there's always opportunity to improve. But we have shown that there's strength in numbers when those numbers are willing to move. Do what you can and you will have always done enough. Give everything that you got and you will have never given too much. We say thank you to our ancestors for being your best, for doing what's right, never settling for what's left. We appreciate you for fighting before we came. And now we will continue to battle in honor of your name and not to approach violence sedentary, but continue to stand firm for what's necessary. Not necessarily creating a front line, but also never afraid to stand firm for what's right. You see, he had a dream and we are a dream come true. He had a dream for a better future and we're experiencing what dreaming can do. He had a dream for his loved ones, and we are the ones that he loved. He had a dream for his children's children, and now their future depend on us. You see, do you believe that one day your name will make a change? That someone in some way will be better because you came? Do you know that when you leave, you're not fully gone? For when you live a life of purpose, your legacy lives on. Through the lives of the ones you've touched, and the hearts of the ones you've reached, your life will be a legacy if you choose for it to be. Thank you.